You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're listening to A Pirate's Life for Me on the Sports Objective. Join us every Friday at noon as we catch up with a member of Pirate Nation. Here's your host, Bubba Rosenbaum. Welcome into the Sports Objective, another edition of A Pirate's Life for Me. We're just over 24 hours until kickoff between the Pirates and the UCF Knights on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, 7.30 on ESPNU. Right now, very excited to be joined by someone I uh, knew of and had been Facebook friends, if you will, for uh, some time, but uh, met her this season in Section 4B. And uh, welcome into the show, Wendy Bowen Horn. Wendy, we appreciate your time this evening. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, so before we really dive into to this season and a variety of other topics, you know, just tell folks a little about yourself. I know you're, you know, you at least went to high school in Greenville. So, um, you know, tell Pirate Nation a little about you and, uh, you know, how you became a pirate. Well, of course, I'm a Greenville native. I was born here. Um Part of my high school years were at West Craven in, in Vanceboro and then um, my junior, half of my junior year and senior year transferred to D.H. Conley. Um, funny, I didn't um, know what I wanted to do when I was 18 years of age and I went to East Carolina <clears throat> and I think I pulled a 1.9 that semester, but you know how it is <laughs> when you're a freshman then um, it's party time back then without Say at my age, you could drink at age 18. Um, so I left and went to Pitt Community College and got my associate degree in medical transcription, which I did for about eight years. And then when I got a little bit more serious about my life, um, I went back and, re- and got my BSN at East Carolina. So. So before you attended East Carolina and just talk about, uh, you know, were you a were you a pirate fan then? Did you attend games having grown up in Greenville? Uh, you know, and like how many games were you attending and that kind of thing before you actually you know became an ECU student? Uh, I laughed when I saw your uh, question about did I grow up being a pirate fan? I think I remember ECU being really small, and I, it was only like fifteen thousand students when I returned in ninety. Um, but when I was in school back in the 70s and now I'm really getting close to telling my age everybody was either a Carolina or NC State fan you either wore Carolina blue Converse tennis shoes or NC State red tennis shoes and of course mine were I was had brain damage back then so mine were Carolina (laughs) blue (laughs) but um and then as I got older I attended games uh you know once I was free to go with friends and do things like that. I attended games at ECU. And that's really when I got really passionate about being a pirate. And, um, you know, my friends tell me all the time I have no filter and I don't. Um, I am very passionate about the pirates. And as we go along, I'll tell you some of the situations I've been in when I asked somebody if they were a pirate club fan, a pirate club member, and they, when they're answering what I said back. Yeah, I'm sure you have uh, received some interesting responses. I look forward to hearing those 
those stories um, when we circle back around to the, the Pirate Club. But um, just as you look through uh, through the years you know, and, and you, know, you reflect on some of the games that you have attended, and obviously there, there are tons of games um, down through the years, both in Greenville and then road games. You know, what are some of your top memories that come to mind of um, Pirate football? Oh, wow. Um, well, everybody would say the 92 Peach Bowl, but uh, one of the best games to me was we went down to South Carolina and we had Scott Harley. Um, I think it rained three or four inches during that game, but Harley ran all over the Gamecocks. I mean, I can't even remember how many yards that kid ran. And when it was all over, the five or 6,000 ECU fans that had made the trip to Columbia, South Carolina were still there, but there were no Gamecock fans in the stadium. Um, that was very memorable. And then, of course, um, my favorite of all in the Peach Bowl season was, of course, the Pitt game uh, when Jeff Blake ran in for the two-point conversion. And I had the painted ECU on my face. And I was a junior at the time. and I got sunburned during the game. And so when I washed it off for about a week, I had ECU kind of shadowed on my cheek. Um, but my sister Springer angled jumping out of the uh, stadium stands for that game and helping tear down the goalposts. I didn't. Um, but it was fun to watch everybody else. And I remember Bill Lewis um, saying, you know, they asked him, you know, if you win so-and-so game, if they tear down the goalpost, you know, how do you feel about it? He said, if we win, you let them tear this goalpost down. And I think it's just so ridiculous now that, that the conferences are fining schools for uh, rushing the field like they did Tennessee last week, uh, beating Alabama. I mean, they won, and it was tremendous. I mean, Alabama, of course, is a dynasty, and Tennessee hadn't beaten them forever let them rush the field yeah uh, definitely fond memories of both of those seasons 91 and 96 uh, I'll, I'll go back to that game that you referenced down in Columbia uh, I remember how it's raining cats and dogs that night <laughs> at, at Williams Bryce Stadium uh, you know they're underneath the stadium on the concourse you'll probably recall that it seems like the the water was about shin deep. It was it was pretty crazy. And uh, like you exactly. mentioned, Scott Harley, obviously that uh, very marketable name with the last name Harley. And not only did he do that to South Carolina that year, uh, later on against NC State, he ran for 351 yards. So following up that 291 yards perform performance against the, the Gamecocks. But um, both of those games were in the mud, and, and there were obviously all kinds of jokes about Harleys were meant to be ridden in the mud. But, uh, yeah, remember that performance by Scott very well. And, you know, we've talked to him about that on, on a couple occasions on this show. And, and uh, you know, it was funny watching the Gamecocks leave early that night. Um, and, I mean, I've been to – Every venue that the AAC has, except for Cincinnati, and since Cincinnati is going to the Big 12 after this year, I'm going to go to Cincinnati this year. <laughs> Don't know what the outcome will be, but I figured what the heck will be fun. So, um, but I do find that the fan base in the AAC, there's no nice fans in Florida. They're just obnoxious. Um, 
but you know, Tulsa, I've been there twice, Houston fans are just phenomenal. And what I felt so bad about Central Florida when I was walking to the stadium, there were all these tents at the tailgate, but they were Miami, Florida State. And I was like, you would never see another school in our parking lot, not unless we were playing that school. It's just kind of sad that so many other fan bases, I mean, I don't know if I even saw a Central Florida tent, to tell you the truth. Um, I thought that was sad because the Pirate Nation is so, it's pirates or nothing, you know. Um, so I really did appreciate what we have here in Greenville and hope that a lot of people appreciate what we have here in Greenville because to me, there's nothing like it. Definitely a special place. And as, as far as UCF is concerned, uh, the one game I have been to in Orlando, uh, it was back in 2006, the second year of the Holtz era. And then that was when UCF was still playing at the Florida Citrus Bowl, as it was called then. And, you know, my parents have been to at least a couple games there at the, quote, bounce house on campus. Uh, I've been to the stadium, but not to a ball game. But uh, it does bounce. <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely um, a good atmosphere from uh, what my parents said and from from other Pirate fans, uh, friends of mine who've made that trip. But, uh, you know, you talk about going to UCF and how you've been to so many venues, both within the conference and then I'm sure non-conference as well. Uh, you know, what are some of those trips that stand out? You know, uh, I'm not sure which ones you've been on, obviously, but, you know, be it, be it a, a Florida or Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, whoever. Oh, uh, okay. Let's see. I did go to the Swamp when we played a few years ago. I was, um, I was here that night. Oh, boy, it, what, it what rained a, a lot for that game. Um, and it was so funny because I remember that we tailgated with a bunch of Florida uh, fans, and they were the ones in the stands that were around us were like, man, y'all are like LSU fans, you know. I, I figured that's a compliment because we were loud. The, the, the few of us that were there, we, we tried to be as loud as possible. Um, of course, I've been to Chapel Hill a few times when we played there. And um, I have been to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is one of the coldest places I've ever played, been to except for Marshall. Um, I remember probably 97, 98, we played at Virginia Tech. It was snowing before the game. And when I walked out of that stadium, I literally could not bend my knees. I looked like a duck walking out because it was I was totally frozen to the to the bone. It was really, really cold. I and remember this, that. And of course, NC State, but NC State and Wake Forest and Duke. And of course, most of the ACC schools we play, we've been to. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Michigan this coming season. Um, we've already planned for that. And um, so my goal is the big house, Ohio State. LSU and the Rose Bowl. That's on my bucket list. So hopefully at some point in time, I'll get to reach those goals. So Michigan playing us, that that marks one off. Since you mentioned that Virginia Tech game um, in 96 um, up in Blacksburg at Lane Stadium, you know, where it was snowing, um, I think even more so perhaps in, in the pregame. Right. That was right after – shortly after uh, 
Marcus Crandall had gotten hurt the previous week against Arkansas State, and uh, Dan Gonzalez was the quarterback. But uh, you know, Lori Gibbs Johnson chimes in on Facebook saying the coldest we had ever been was at that game. <laughs> True. But, uh, but yeah, I've been to been to South Carolina, West Virginia, and Virginia Tech um, probably at least about five times a piece, and. Um, there were several trips that I would have loved to have gone on, like Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, that were taking place. You know, when I was growing up playing playing football, so I couldn't make it. And I, I know very rarely. I mean, my, my dad was you know pretty much at all my games, but I know he had the opportunity back in '93 to go out to watch us play at the University of Washington, which was very unique. I did. We did go to the Tennessee game, and I do remember being two rows from the top and saying, I am not going down until we leave this stadium because, I mean, you literally felt like you were moving forward. Yeah. And we did the riverboat tailgate cruise. That was fun. I got the chance to meet uh, Mr. Ron Dowdy at the time. He's a very nice gentleman. And um, that was a good trip. It was hot, but it was fun, even though we lost. But we probably kicked ourselves in the foot a few times for that game. It Probably could have been a win or closer than what the final score was, unfortunately. Yeah, I remember. I guess that was Peyton Manning's. Yes, um, Peyton Manning's. Peyton, Peyton Manning's uh, freshman or sophomore season, sophomore right. season, perhaps. And and I, kind of a funny story. I that summer I had gone to Tennessee football camp because one of my friends, uh, his dad was a UT alum. And so um, we went to football camp there. That's when David Cutcliffe was their offensive coordinator. And I had my ECU shorts on. So you can imagine I got some looks around the Tennessee football facility decked out in my purple and gold every workout. So That's yeah. great. You know, I love it when I – it's so funny because um, when we lived in Apex, I'd wear ECU all the time. I do anyway, but – People who will say go pirates or arg or you know, when you're wearing something ECU. And my husband was like, Nobody ever he goes, That's amazing that when you wear something ECU, somebody says something to you and said, That's because if you're wearing something ECU, you either went to school there or you've got a child that's going to school there. And so, you know, we didn't buy our shirts from Walmart. And it was funny we were in New York and I was wearing my ECU sweatshirt and this girl came by and she said, go pirates. <laughs> and he just went, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. There are pirates everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely um, too many stories to recall. Um, very similar to those, you know, being just some random location and somebody, you know, at, at one of my son's baseball games and, you know, um, in the Charlotte area, South Carolina, or wherever, you know, or more, um, you know, far traveled areas outside of the region. But, uh, you know, somebody would spot your pirate gear and then holler purple. And, and then, of course, you'd respond gold. And so, and, and then my wife or, you know, whoever would be with me if they weren't a pirate fan would just kind of look at me and shake their head. And I say, hey, um, there's no such thing you know, as a, you know, lukewarm or a, a fair weather pirate fan, like you're saying, or Walmart pirate, I guess you could say. <laughs> but mm. uh, 
earlier you mentioned Jeff Blake, Scott Harley, and you, you were counting some of those names. You know, who were some of your favorite players down through the years? Oh, well, of course, Scott Harley and Jeff Blake, but I mean, you, there's so many on that Peach Bowl team, Hunter Gallimore, Luke Fisher, uh, Robert Jones. Um, oh gosh, what was the kicker's name? He got recruited by the Cowboys, I think. You talking about John but, Jett? The John Jett, our punter? John know? Jett, yeah. And then, um, of course, Junior Smith, he was always fun to watch weave in and out. He was so small, but he could get between those defenders and run. Um, but there's just so many to name. I mean, I hated to see Tyler Sneed go pro. Um, really felt like, you know, he probably could have developed a little bit more if he just stayed here, but he was great to watch last year. Um, and of course, Shane Carden, what can you say? He, you know, he was great too. A lot of great players over the years. I mean, just, you can't really name just one because we've been so fortunate to um, have some really good players that came here. Maybe not David Garrard. I mean, that may not have been, you know, recruited out of high school or for whatever, but we've had over the years, some good coaches that, you know, could develop these young men to become really, really good players. Um, and they've been a joy to watch over the years. Yeah, that's a that's a good point that you're making as far as quarterbacks like David Garrard, Marcus Crandall, um, Jeff Blake, guys who were recruited by other schools, but it was primarily to play another position, be it uh, in Jeff Blake's case, I think it was a defensive back, um, David Garrard, more so a tight end or you know, linebacker with his size. And then uh, obviously Marcus Crandall, uh, he was being recruited to be, I think, a defensive back at different schools. But um, – you know, the three of them went on to, uh, you know, not only have excellent East Carolina careers, but also be tremendous quarterbacks at the next level um, with, with that season that Jeff Blake had in 95 with the Bengals, as well as some of his other years. But then also David Garrard had solid years with the Jags. And then, uh, of course, uh, Marcus Crandall and everything he did up in Canada. I have a Robert Jones story. I was – um we got to a basketball game one night and we were in a cools and uh, after the game and this voice came up behind me and said, I heard you a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I turned around and it was Robert Jones. Bob Barber has <laughs> had sent him over to my table. And I was like, Oh Lord, he signed his, he signed a napkin for me and I still have it. But um Jeff Blake said, what about me? You know, I was like, well, you can sign too. So because Jeff was with Robert. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> Caught me off guard. Yeah, that <clears throat> that is a good story. Um, it's pretty in a small world, you know, how, how the two of them uh, wound up being family, you know, you know, marrying sisters, I believe it was. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, and then obviously everything, Zay Jones did in the purple and gold, you know, not having many opportunities on coming out of high school. And then he came to East Carolina. Justin and, Hardy. Yep. Justin Hardy, same kind of deal. You know, he was headed to federal state um, scholarship at the division two level. And we gave him that preferred walk on. And then he, he came here that, you know, the two of them so under recruited and, and I think, you know, Justin Hardy, he'd been a high school quarterback. That was part of the situation there. And then they come here, and then now they're the 
the leading receiver and then the, the second leading receiver in terms of receptions in NCAA history. That's right. But uh, you know, kind of kind of moving on from from some of those topics, you know, at, uh, outside of pirate football, obviously, I, I know you attend other sporting events as well. You know, what are your, some of your top memories of um, of baseball, basketball, etc.? Uh, baseball. Um, what can you say about ECU baseball? It's just a lot of fun. Um, you know, the Pirates of most years are always in the, at least the top 20 or 25. Um, you know, of course, we always go to the games. Um, it's kind of hard when you're getting out of work late and the game's already started and sometimes – I'll come home and turn it on the TV or stream it on the TV. But, um, oh, wow. There's so many baseball games. I just can't even name. I can't even. I was so, I mean, I kind of knew when we lost to Texas that Saturday that we weren't going to win on Sunday. I think you could kind of feel the Pirates were tired. Um, But I'm trying to think. Oh, my gosh. Basketball. I remember Blue Edwards, so that tells you a lot, um, you know, over the years. And, and I know, and I saw this the other day where somebody said, can we go ahead to baseball season? And I'm thinking, that's got to not make a basketball player feel well. Um, you know, I would love to see ECU get really good in basketball. And, you know, a friend texted me the other day and said, ECU's predicted to be last in basketball. And I was like, well, you know, that's probably true every year, but let's hope that our new coach um, does a good job recruiting and getting some good players for ECU because it is discouraging. But then again, you get teams like Louisville who comes in here with Rick Patino and, you know, you beat them, you beat Memphis. I, no, wait a minute. Was he with Memphis at the time? I'm sorry, say that again. Rick Patino. Rick, Rick Patino. He he was with. Was it Louisville Rick, or Memphis? Louisville. He was coaching. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. he um his first trip to Menjis, we beat him. Um, right. Right. They they are in the first year in CUSA, and Rick Patino um, when he was entering the arena, um, those gold mats there there at that end of the arena where the visitors used to enter. Um, you know, Rick Patino tripped over the mat. It was a uh, <laughs> pretty funny scene, of course. The Minji's maniacs went crazy, and Coach Patino was pretty ticked off. Oh, he gets ticked off the least bit. But, uh, and you know, and then us beating Memphis, of course, when they were really ranked high, um, that was a lot of fun. So, but. Well, that that's the thing. You bring up, you know, you're referencing, you know, those isolated games, and that's that's the thing. We, we've We've had some excellent moments, you know, the Marquette wins, Louisville, uh, Memphis, et cetera. But uh, you, CIT. The, the CIT run, I recently, last, I think it was our, our guest last week was Maurice Kemp uh, within the last couple of weeks. And that was an excellent conversation. He's still playing professionally over in Israel. And uh, he's such an excellent representative of East Carolina. Um, and to hear his, you know, memories of that CIT run. It's hard to believe it's been nearly 10 years. It will, will have been 10 years this spring. But, uh, you know, I thought we were really going to establish something with some consistency there. But then the old, the old uh, 
transfer bug. And, and, you know, we had several guys leave, you know, whether it's, you know, Sampson going to Georgia Tech or a, a guy just giving up basketball because, you know, to to pursue a relationship with his with his girlfriend that was abroad or you know there's a lot of different things that uh you know led to to not not happening but i like coach schwartz what i've heard of him so far and seems to be very personable and obviously has a lot of excellent experience under rick barnes as well as a variety of other head coaches let's hope they he's successful yeah and uh I've always said that, you know, if we're able to produce that consistent winner, that um, the way, like, for instance, last season when you saw Menjis um, with the rushing of the court um, because of the way we beat Memphis on the last second shot, um, I would love to see Menjis like that on a night-in, night-out basis. But, um, you know, taking a look at this season, it's been an up-and-down year, obviously a, an extreme high last week. Um, coming back from down 17 to nothing to, to beat the Memphis Tigers. You know, so what are your thoughts on the 2022 Pirates? I, I'm too old for this. <laughs> That's my thoughts. <laughs> Last <laughs> week was, oh, wow. Last week just was, um, there's a lot, a lot of potential on the team. A lot of good athletes. Um, I'm not sure where, uh, some of the problems lie offensively. Uh, it's like we can't – I think our defense most of the time plays lights out. Um, it, it, this is probably the best defense we've had since Skip Holtz was our coach. Um, but the inconsistency on offense, I'm just, just really not sure what the problem is there. Um, you know – I think Holton, he's got the he's got the potential. You know, he what what bothers me there is that he'll run nine yards nine yards and stop, and he only had one more yard, and he could as big as he is, he could have knocked that other defensive player over and gotten that extra yard. I don't know if 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 Kirkpatrick doesn't want him to run as much, don't want him to get hurt. I'm not sure, but um, I would like to see our offense, and I would like to see us throw the ball down the middle of the field, not always so much to the side. Um, because I've noticed when Garcia came in for a few plays um, the other week, even with him, he had two players wide open in the middle of the field, but he also chose to throw to the side, even though they were, they were complete passes. Um, I think we need to play the whole field, not just to the side and stop running every time on first <laughs> first down. Yeah, um, mix it up. You you definitely uh, you know bring up some good points there. As far as you, you think back to, I mean, obviously, I and mean, so much goes into it. You know, as far as the you know score time down distance, you know, what what defense the opponent's running, and and all those things and more. But um, you know, as far as like C.J. Johnson, you know, he's really had some success in the slot this year. Um, you know, in um, you think our very first touchdown of the season uh, came on a pass to CJ over the middle, like you were saying. And then, you know, Jalen Johnson having been injured, hopefully he'll be back. Um, hopefully he'll be back. So yeah, I think if once he's back, I mean, he certainly had some big receptions this year, you know, on routes over the middle. And, uh, but um, so, 
as, as you take a look at tomorrow's game against UCF, uh, obviously UCF's having a heck of a year so far, but I do think um, we're, we're at least as good, if not the best team they've played. And this will be their most challenging game, in my opinion, because they haven't been out of the state of Florida yet. All but one game has been at home, and the only road game they've played was at FAU. So um, I really hope that Pirate Nation shows up and creates a, a rowdy atmosphere and um, you know, provides us with that 12th man that we need. I, I thought last week's crowd, the folks that were there, um, got into it in overtime especially. But uh, I think the atmosphere – um, tomorrow needs to be much better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so important. Um, and and yeah, you're right about UCF. I've seen you at UCF play a couple of times on TV this year, and there are periods when they don't look that sharp. Um, and I agree. I think we're probably the best team right now that they face this year. Um, and it's winnable. Um, but we got to be firing on all cylinders because their quarterback, Plumley, he is – He's very mobile, um, you know, and he he can kill you with the arm or do it with his legs. So we've got our defense has got to be on him uh, quite a bit. Uh, but it's a winnable game. I really do think it's winnable. No doubt about it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll need to clean up some of those things that uh, have plagued us in those losses and you know, be it. Um, the PAT field goal situation, you know, or on um, some untimely turnovers, you know, or um, just being, um, you know, a, l a little soft against the pass in, in those games. But um, kind of shifting gears a bit, um, this is something I'm really interested to get your perspective on. Uh, like you mentioned, you were a student at East Carolina back in the early 90s. I know you said you've been a Pirate Club member since 1990 or so. So uh, over three plus decades in the Pirate Club. So uh, I feel like you should have some excellent perspective on this. Um, you know, with so many female alums, you know, what are the reasons that you give? And, you know, what are some things that that we do that you think are successful or things that uh, we, we perhaps haven't done that you think uh, if we did those things that we'd have more success with, um, you know, recruiting new members and so forth? Oh, good question. Um, well, you know, just like I share my experience when I was a uh, pirate club rep in the western part of the state, you cannot get in front of people who have not been back to East Carolina in the 20, 30 years since they graduated and expect them to just listen to you and become a pirate club member. Um, you know, you need to have in hand what ECU is doing. What are they, you know, uh, where are we going? What have we done since you graduated? Um, one gentleman told me his apartment complex that he lived in wasn't even there anymore. He had been back to Greenville one time in 30 years. Um, marketing for East Carolina could be better. Um, I think it was great when we did play games in Charlotte. You know, it gave our Western North Carolina alum a chance to see the Pirates play and so forth. But you know, and I reached out to Ryan Robinson about we don't have we used to, but we don't have Pirate Club attire anymore. I mean, we used to have visors. We used to have, uh, you know, the better the publicity, not that we want bad publicity, but the better the publicity and the marketing that you do is, you know, I went to the western part of the state this week and um, 
for my job and I was driving back and I was looking at billboards and we used to see quite a bit of our billboards in the western part of the state. But I mean, not unless I missed them, I didn't see um, any uh, coming back this time. And I just think that, you know, our park club reps, our park club presidents in each chapter, I know some do a really, really great job. Um, but and I know being a park club rep is almost like having another full time job because it, it really is. You spend a lot of time on the phone talking to people, getting them to um, join the pirate club. But Terry Holland had a great idea with the Boneyard, and he did an excellent, excellent job at getting our students once again involved in pirate football. That was great because I'm going to tell you if you get involved when you're a student, more than likely, you're going to want to be a Pirate Club member when you graduate. And like my niece, when she graduated from ECU the next year, and I think this is a great thing everybody should do. The next year, I gave her her first Pirate Club membership. And I, she went to school on honor scholarship from Walter and Marie Williams. And I told, told her, you give back. You went to college on a full honor scholars because somebody gave back and you need to give back. I think anybody who has a child um, that graduates from ECU, that's what they should do. They should give them their first Pirate Club membership and and preach about the importance of giving back to your university. And when I first got married, I don't know, you guys may know, David went to Carolina and, and I went to ECU and, well, we don't have a Carolina blue room in our house. We sure have a purple and gold room in our house. But our first year, when I so I was like, "What are we going to pay the Pirate Club this year?" And he said, "What are we going to give the Rams Club?" I said, "We're not getting the Rams Club anything. They got eight million dollars, and they don't need anything." Um, but I always remember to give back. And I'm, I'm, this is the funny story I was going to tell you early about. My friends tell me I have no filter. We were at the Virginia Tech game one year, and I, Logan was our our coach at the time. But anyway, this guy behind me, he was oh God, he was just being so aggravating and everything. I mean, he he was definitely an armchair quarterback. So I finally turned around and looked at him and I said, Are you are you a power club member? And he said, No. I said, Well, I tell you what, when you start contributing some money to the pirate club and you help out the product that we have on the field, then you've got every right to sit up here and criticize. <laughs> but in the meantime, if you're not a part, and the funny thing of it is that guy ran into me the next year and he made a point to come and tell me to hit join the pirate club. So, you know, <laughs> well, well done. Well done. Perry Hudson, Mark Meltzer, and all the other excellent um, chapter presidents and reps would be um, very proud of you with that story there. <laughs> I'm always, I always, and even though I'm not a pirate rep anymore, I'm always encouraging people to become pirate club members. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, you, know, you talk about uh, it, it definitely is a, a big commitment. And, th and that's something, the point you brought up about the young grads, and it's a good one. And the thing about it is that, you know, the young grad pirate club, you're, the first year is free. So, um, I, and this may very well already be getting done, um, and I'm sure there may be some obstacles there, perhaps that I that I'm not aware of. But you know, you, you think this year alone, what there's about six thousand graduates, and obviously there are those who just go to East Carolina and go to school that could care that uh, 
you know, simply do not care about athletics and that, and that's fine. That's just part of it. But there are a lot who are, and, uh, you know, you need to find some ways to get those people involved, you know, especially in that first year's free and you know, educate them on why it's important. And, you know, and then also, um, perhaps something like an ESPN plus subscription. That's an excellent idea that my co-host Kyle had um, because, you know, now there's been such a big movement to not only with football, but the basketball and baseball um, with ESPN plus. So, um, you know, tying something like that in, you have your, yeah, you might need to, uh, I mean, raise the minimum gift, um, but you could work that out to, to find a way to, uh, that ESPN plus subscriptions, what it's no more than about $15 a month. I'm not sure. Cause I know it started off uh, five or six bucks and it's gradually increased like everything else, but uh, it's still pretty inexpensive. So I, I think something like that would be good because, you know, they're and a good point that Pat Lane, a longtime donor of, you know, four plus decades, you know, who graduated from, from East Carolina back in the 60s, and something that he brought up is that the, the value of a season ticket, you know, especially to those young grads where they don't have as much money and they can't get to all the games, that um, you have to find some other ways to provide incentives um, besides just giving back to help the program as much as you want that to be the case. And not everybody's going to do that. That's true. Um, final thing I'd have for you. Um, you talk about, you know, getting your BSN at East Carolina and now, and now you work for, for East Carolina, correct? In nursing. Is that right? Yes. I'm infection control so, nurse. So you're talking about, you know, traveling this week and just talk about, um, you know, within the last several months or a year plus, you know, it becoming ECU health and someone in the medical field, just talk about that importance and, you know, you taking pride in that. Well, ECU help. Um, I've always thought that our having a medical school was just wonderful for Eastern North Carolina. And what I was doing actually this the last couple of weeks, I went to North and Southeastern North Carolina last week, and then the western part of uh, North Carolina this week. I was going to our rural dental clinics doing infection control inspections, and. It's heartwarming to know. I mean, some of these some of these places are really backwoods, and but ECU's done a really great job of building some very nice facilities for those patients. And it's very it touches me that you know, like ECU's motto is to serve, and um, so many people in, in these areas would never get dental care if it wasn't for what ECU's doing uh, with their uh, outreach dental clinics. And I do know that, you know, ECU Health and ECU are um, in the process of doing the same thing or reaching out to the more rural areas as far as medicine is concerned. Um, it would be nice if everyone was educated enough to at least do telehealth. That's another up and coming thing with, um, with the university, because if you can't make it to the doctor's office, and of course, if you have COVID, they don't want to see you anyway. Um, but you can talk to your physician and you can, you know, tell them what's going on. Um, you know, of course, there again, there's some places that don't even have Internet access in the very, you know, 
high mountains, very rural areas, but um, there's just so much that the university and ECU Health Medical Center want to get done to um, help the less fortunate of um, North Carolina. And I think that's that's really great. So um, something I, I failed to mention that I certainly wanted to circle back to, and that is, you know, obviously your husband, David, who you, you've referenced on a couple occasions, and talk about his involvement with the Pirate Radio and Pirate Sports Radio Network. Obviously, it used to be Learfield IMG College. Now it's Playfly Sports. Um, but talk about what he's been able to, uh, you know, do with that uh, with that outfit and, you know, being – alongside Jeff Charles for a lot of memorable moments over the, what, the last decade or so? Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, David's Carolina graduate. He's, he, he worked with Woody Durham and Mick Mix in the Chapel Hill, and then he came here. And um, for a little while, he did work for the Pirates early on um, when he moved back here and was working with Henry Hinton at his station. But um, we moved away, and we were gone for about 20-some years um, during that time, though, the engineer for Tar Heels just quit two weeks before football season. And Woody Durham was like, where's David Horn? So David did go the, the year of 96, 97, when the, the Tar Heels went to the final four, David got to, to do that. And that was fun for him. But when we came back here, um, he was already working for them, uh, and we moved back here 10 years ago. So, you know, we, David and, and Jeff are close, uh, Kevin Monroe, Marty Fuhrer, they're, they're, he enjoys working with them. Um, David being a, a communications major at Carolina, he was a news uh, network, uh, North Carolina news network reporter before we moved back here, but he decided to hang up his radio ears, but I don't think he'll ever get out of it totally because he does um, do part of the pregame and postgame show. Um, and he engineers and produces the radio show. And he says every year, I'm not going to do this next year. I mean, he's, you know, we're not young chickens anymore, you know, and it's it's a lot. I mean, he, like last night he was, he went to the stadium, make sure everything was okay and ready to go for Saturday. Then he came back here and he put the script together for them to um, do on Saturday for or do tomorrow for the show. So it's it's a lot of work. As, I mean, he he is a director of investments for the um, ENC Alliance as his full time job, and so he does do a lot for Playfly, uh, and he's had to do a lot more this year um, than in previous years. So uh, bless his heart, he's always working. Um, but he enjoys it, and um, that's a really good team there. And, you know, when Jeff got really sick, we were, you know, holding our breath. Um, we're glad that he's healthy now. Um, but, I just like I said, I don't think he'll ever give up radio totally. He's got to have his fingers in it. Whether he's cutting a commercial for Henry Hinton or, I don't know, doing something, he'll have his – he'll do something. Everybody calls him the voice. Yeah, that's – the, the voice he working, has, working alongside the voice, voice. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah Jeff had great things to to say about you and and David and, and when I mentioned that you were coming on uh, and oh. he said Wendy's a great pirate and but um but yeah you know 
David with with the the pregame and postgame does certainly does an excellent job and and uh, I'm sure you know he and Kevin Monroe, Marty Fuhr, and and Jeff uh, have have a, all kinds of stories to tell because um, I I'm not sure I guess maybe it was David but I know uh, or maybe this was back prior to him joining the network but they told a story about the old Robertson stadium down at Houston, you know, what, a, <laughs> what, a, what a challenge that was. And so I, I'm guessing by your action, that was David. It was, they had a thunderstorm. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, under, well, go ahead and tell tent. the story. I, I, I just know that it was quite, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was a very old stadium and it was very, right. uh, very challenging. And, and Jeff said, you know, he was, you know, his hat's off. His hat was off to David uh, for the excellent job he did dealing with a, a tough situation. Right. They were under a tent and a thunderstorm broke out. So they had to figure out how to move the equipment without disrupting the um, the radio broadcast. And But I can tell you, David always has a plan B and a C. I mean, he is more OCD than I am. But um, they did fine. I mean, it's Jeff. I remember that. <laughs> And I do want to say of all the, you know, over the years, Dave and I have made some really, really great friends, but nothing like this group that we met in South Carolina about 10 years ago. They're all guys. They went to East Carolina and they said that they were so poor at ECU that they couldn't afford to be in a fraternity. So they made their own and they call themselves the KCDs, which is called the Capacoon Dogs. <laughs> um, most of them are from Bladen County, uh, but I mean, now they live in Florida, Atlanta and so forth. But the friendships that you make over the years as pirates, you just it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, and I think with um, social media, Facebook, where everybody got on me the other week about my comments about white uniforms. I don't like them. I don't like it when we're all white. Um when you play 10 times and you lose 10 times, it's all white. I'm, I'm a sports fan. I'm superstitious. Don't wear all white. If you want to wear all white, wear your black helmet or wear your purple helmet, but don't wear all white. <laughs> um, but, and, you know, then some people are saying, why are we wearing black tomorrow when that's UCF's colors? Well, UCF agreed to wear white, and it's the night game. And if you've ever seen a really good full stadium on TV at night and everybody's in black, it's it's pretty awesome, and I, I hope that we we fill the stands tomorrow night, and it looks like that. That'd be great. No doubt. Um, you know, if you're going to have the the painted black game, um, which I am a fan of, uh, although I'm like you, I do prefer you know wearing the colors, so to speak, the purple and the gold. But uh, the black uniforms, although I'm much more a fan of the 2013 and 2014 version, um, they do look good, and um, and Obviously, um, you know, for obvious for obvious reasons, uh, a night game is better for uh, a painted black game. But um, I'm very intrigued this week. Uh, you know, just seeing the the video that the the football program, I guess it was, or ECU athletics put out on Twitter. Um, it appeared to be that there there may be something other than the Jolly Roger logo on the side of the helmet. So who knows? Maybe maybe there's awesome. going to be another another pirate script helmet. <laughs> I love those. I know somebody said, "Well, we wore white helmets last Saturday and we and we won." Well, they had purple on with the the pirate the 
loot pirates. Yeah. And we were not wearing our white. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, being a, an ECU fan growing up in the 80s, that was the first helmet that uh, I came to know. And so there in the late 80s when Bill Lewis took over prior to the 1989 season, I was a little sad to see the, the script Pirates go by the wayside. And I know I think that was against the wishes of Dave Hart, the AD at the time. But, uh, right. you know, you, you could uh, – you can definitely you know, start a lot of arguments. And uh, and I love it, the old pirate, the pirate from the 70s. Yeah, That's the, my favorite. The uh, the one that we wore on the helmet back in 2019 on, on the black helmet at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I love – that's a great thing that the that the university and the athletics department did with the the vintage marks. Um, the one you referenced to uh, – the interlocking EC logo, the strutting pirate. It, it was very smart to uh, to break those back out. I'd love to know, you know, how much revenue's been generated from selling those. Hmm, I'd be interested to know. Well, Wendy, we appreciate your time. Um, you know, here's to a pirate win tomorrow. Um, really needed over over UCF. Um, Knights have had our number over the last several years, to say the least. But, um, again, we enjoyed the visit, and as always, go Pirates. Go Pirates, and I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, here, uh, here we are wrapping up another edition of A Pirate's Life for Me. Again, East Carolina taking on UCF Saturday night, 7.30 on ESPNU. Have a great weekend, everyone, and as always, go Pirates. The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Yeah, yeah, my heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate.